Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. to another episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast and what an episode we've got lined up for you tonight. So much happened this week. We've got the fallout from the Reese Webb affair, the change to Gatlin's Law as we can finally stop calling it now, which feels like a lifetime ago, but we're going to be looking back at a bit of that as well. Um, we've also got some incredible European games to look back on. Uh, very, very near miss for the Ospreys uh, against the odds at Saracens. Also a game between Scarlets and, and Bath, which you know, Scarlets would definitely have been targeting. We have a look back at that. Also in the Challenge Cup, we had uh, the Dragons and Cardiff Blues both in action. Fantastic win for the for the Blues on, on Friday night against Toulouse. And we also had, uh, had the Dragons uh, avenging their defeat uh, out in Russia. Alongside that, we've got Wales Squad is announced next week. And uh, we've also got a, uh, a chat with Dan Bigger, thanks to our pal Nick Heath from, uh, from Pundit Arena, which is fantastic. Really excited to bring you that as well. And joining me to pick out the bones from all of this is another Dan, Dan Killick. How are you, mate? Very well, Jed. Very good indeed. Looking forward to uh, having a run through these games now. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a bit of a panic over the last hour. While I've tried, we're having some... Uh, some recording equipment failures, which we've just about got around, which is fantastic. I've also got a cold and a cough, which I've uh, been trying to keep under wraps. So I've just nailed a load of Benlin before you arrived. So hopefully that'll that'll hold up that fitness uh, that fitness worry we've uh, we've got to try and contend with. But we're uh, we're off and running, and uh, we're underway. It feels like so much has happened this week. Yeah, it's been a huge week, isn't it? Really, with all the news and then. Games, I think, that we didn't expect to go the way they did. So, yeah, it's been uh, an eventful uh, an eventful uh, time sort of on and off the pitch, really. Loads to run through. 
It is really, and difficult to know where to begin, but I guess let's start with, let's start with that Ospreys game. So we're going to get your thoughts on that in a moment, because I know you've been in full-on rugby geek mode and made a load of notes on everything that happened throughout the game, so I look forward to... Mental notes, of course. Mental <laughs> notes, yeah, of course. I can see, I can see them there, your, uh, yeah, your scrawlings that uh, we'll be going through in a, in a minute. But first, we're going to get the thoughts of Dan Bigger, which uh, yeah, really, really excited to um, really, really excited to bring you this. And this is big, big thanks to Nick Heath at Pundit Arena, a friend of the podcast. He was at the game on Saturday night, and he caught up with Dan Bigger after the game. And here's what he had to say. Well, Dan, the Ospreys having won one game going into this game this season, and Saracen Tony having lost one. I'm not sure many people would have given credit for that sort of game and that sort of result. You came very close. Yeah, we did. We know we put a real good shift in and and tested the the back. You know, probably the best, well, certainly the best team in Europe for the last two or three years. So it's it's a little bit of mixed emotions. We're obviously pleased with the way we performed and scored some really good tr- tries and played some good rugby. But ultimately, we probably could have helped ourselves a little bit in uh, in a couple of their tries and uh, probably you know disappointed. We've let a, a golden opportunity of of probably one of the best wins in in the club's history just slip by us a little bit. The referee gave the penalty try, which seemed to be a bit of a pivot for Saracens. There might have been a bit of cover defence with Fonatia running across and, and Liam Williams maybe being flat-footed there. Did you did you see any contention in that decision? Oh, look, I, I think if if, we're, if if it was for us, we'd be sort of calling for a penalty try as well. So it's one of those where you probably got to accept it and, and move on. We probably could have done a little bit better in the build-up to that, if, if the truth be told. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's no complaints with that. You fought right up until the end, managing to get that try with a couple of minutes to go. And then perhaps a bit of experience and cool heads needed back down at your own end because by that stage you had two bonus points. You might have wanted to play, but maybe banking those two points and not giving them an inset then was key. Yeah, quite possibly. You know, I think we, we probably it was worth chanting our arm for a few phases. Obviously, they were strong defensively then and it was always going to be us forcing the issue. So we probably just thought, well, look, let's just... Let's, let's settle for two when we're on right on our goal line and, uh, and see where the pool takes us. You know, if we can perform against, you know, if we can win back to back against Northampton, uh, then it puts us in with a shout. So that's, that's all we can do. You know, we've obviously disappointed to lose our home game last week, but we've got three points in the group and uh, probably should have had a little bit more. But, you know, we've got to move on from there now. Well, one last question, Dan. Obviously, you'll move from club to country potentially fairly soon uh, with the Autumn Internationals coming up. How are you feeling about your form and, and going into that campaign with Wales? Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, if selected, obviously, firstly on on Tuesday, but um, it's always great when when selected for your country and, and meeting up. So it's it's you know it's a, it's a great test. Autumn series are always difficult because it's four weeks on the bounce. There's no rest weeks and and recovering. So you you you're, you're straight into it. But uh, exciting, and I think the the biggest thing for us first of all is is Friday night we've got the Dragons at home in the Pro 14, and we need to get back on the road and we need to get you know we need to get some confidence with the win. And if we perform like we did the last couple of weeks and certainly here tonight, then then we should be in a good place. Very measured response there from Dan Bigger uh, as he caught up with Nick Heath. I suppose, although they didn't get the result, they're you know, huge encouraging signs in that performance, Dan. Massively encouraging, yeah. I don't think uh, many, well, no one at all would have seen that coming. Well, we were sat here seven days ago and you were arguing to send a, a development squad up to Allianz Park, which uh, in their wisdom... Uh, the Ospreys coaching staff decided to not do. Uh, yeah, but uh, certainly I don't think either of us saw this on. Saw, you know, the two losing bonus points and an opportunity to win the game. I don't think either of us saw that coming. No, not at all. I knew you were going to bring that as well. But when you look at some of the some of the combinations, minds, and where people ended up playing or even started playing, it was... Uh, 
it was even even more incredible when you look at that. You know, players playing out. I mean, you had you had Lydiard pulling out, didn't you? Yeah. Tipperick, Tipperick I mean, out. Losing Lydiard and Tipperick in yeah, two huge players in the, in the warm-ups. You know, we say sending a development squad, but you've ended up with a, a real patched together back row there. You know, Guy Mercer who's on loan from from Bath, and then you've got you know Sam Cross who's relatively new to the region, having been off, having played a lot of having played a lot of sevens. Yeah, I mean both really putting a shift in. Yeah, especially because yeah, both t- to be hit that hard in in the back row where you've got to get it right against uh, against Saracens. I mean, you just slow up, um, you know, slow up that ball. And um, I just yeah, I was absolutely amazed by the way in which they went out there and they you know they won the they won the battle of the collisions mm. you know throughout the game, um, which they haven't looked like doing against. Anyone, yeah, alone against a pack as mean as Saracens. I mean, credit where credit's due. We've been very critical over the last couple of weeks, but that's uh, yeah. Again, I just keep coming back to it. No, I don't think anyone really foresaw this coming because in the previous uh, the previous few weeks, they've just not looked like putting together a you know that tough Ospreys pack that we're used to seeing from from years gone by. Yeah, I mean they they start they started to play a little bit better than they over the last couple of games. But that was just they went up, uh, they went up a huge number of notches, and I just didn't think they had that that game plan within them. I mean, they they varied the game; they were playing wide at times and then keeping it tight, which is very clever because it just meant that the the Saracens uh, Saracens team could not work out what they were going to do next. Um, and they've been so predictable, haven't they, all season? Yeah, they really have. Um, that I was just absolutely amazed, and it was a game that. It was just an absolute joy to you know joy to watch. They the Ospreys slowed up their ball really well. Mercer had a fine game, mm. um, you know. Before he made fifteen tackles, I think he was only on the park for about 55, 60 minutes, so he was he was everywhere. Um, Ospreys seemed to build phases really well against Saracens, which is often difficult because they're so aggressive in in the defence that you just can't get that momentum. But they they succeeded. Um, yeah, they mixed their wide and close game up, which was which was good. And I think all too often teams play either a either a wide game um, mm, or, or a really tight one. Yeah, or a, or a tight game, but they just had the the perfect balance of uh, of the two. Watkin provided you know some real direction, which allowed the uh, the backs and the forwards to gain cohesion. And at times throughout this season, I've said a num- you know on quite a few occasions that the backs look to be a totally different side to the forwards and vice yeah, versa. They have done. And he, for me, just was the gel that the, the, the sort of uh, between the two because they knew what he was going to do, um, and it was so refreshing to see the Ospreys kicking so little mm. because they kick masses of mass. Yeah. Um, I mean, you you know you mentioned didn't you that they were running the ball from all over, which you know I couldn't believe it's the Ospreys doing that. You yeah, know, yeah, usually yeah. it's the Scarlets, but they were running it from from in their own twenty-two and. And causing and causing real real problems. So I hope we see some more of that. Uh, they obviously went out there, didn't they, and said, "Let's just go out and enjoy it, but give everything, give absolutely everything." And they did. And in terms of that, I, I think particularly the lack of creativity is something that we've that we've highlighted throughout the whole of this season so far. And like you say, it seemed to be a lot more imagination in the backs, and potentially a, a fair amount of that coming from there seems. You know, from what I've seen of it, a, a much better balance in the centres with Fonatier and Watkin. Yeah, so much of it ha- comes down to to Watkin. Um, 
he just he straightened when he needed to. He had quick feet at times, just jinking in and out. His defence was huge as well. He put in massive hits. I mean, there was a uh, one of the key moments for me was a hit on the twelfth minute by um, by Parry Watkin. Mercer then came in mm. and cross on um, on Wiles, their early try scorer. It resulted in the pen for the Ospreys. It was a big, big moment, and Brad Davis was was clearly pleased. And I thought when I saw that, that this is going to be an Ospreys performance to take note of. And, you know, it, it was a big, you know, big, big game for them. What do you put it down to then? Because this, as you say, feels like it's kind of come out of nowhere, really. And to be, to be fair to them, they were much improved against Clermont Auvergne versus, you know, how they played throughout the whole of the Pro 14 season. But what do you put it down to? Why is it suddenly kind of feeling a lot, you know, feeling a lot better and there's much more optimism around the Ospreys' performances? I think from the last two performances, they clearly got some belief there. And then I think Tandy, you know, Tandy Griffiths, the rest of the chaps, Brad, you know, they, they would have they would have had a chat with them and say, look, if we can if we go out there today and put in a put in a you know big performance, start winning the collisions and just have a you know, almost like the shackles are off, just run mm. it from everyone and go out and enjoy it, then we can you know, we can cause cause issues here. And um I think they, they, they just did that, didn't they? They looked to be as they looked to be almost sort of carefree, um, but they had, they had the direction which they which they lacked, and it just showed that having Watkin in the centres is mm. just such a, it's such a difference having him there, isn't it? Um, there were some huge sort of performances though across the park, from a number of players. Um, I thought James King was outstanding. He did a lot of tidying up work, loads of tracking, um, and sort of key tackles at times. It was just all the sort of unseen stuff yeah. really um, there was some super link in play with you know Nicky in the front row Arhip and Parry as well Parry put in some monstrous hits throughout the uh, throughout the game Dan Evans was uh, brilliant apart from his um, his fumble yeah. over, over Which the is line so unlike him isn't it yeah he'll be having um, he'll probably be struggling with that this evening I would have thought yeah he, he actually caught the ball so he did the hard job and then he just he, I don't know what happened it, it, uh, it fumbled it yeah. moved away from him which is unlike him, yeah. Um, but um, and the, you know, the, the scrum went superbly well. We've got to you know pay reference there to Beard and Alwyn Jones in the second row. Um, Alan Clark must have been delighted. And Haberfield, there's a guy. Well, this is it. You know, we've we've said a few weeks ago when Reese Webb it was announced that he was going to go off to to Toulon. You know, we kind of saying right, well, who are the Ospreys going to bring in and and recruit in that position? And both of us, yeah, both of us have said before we're, we're fans of Haverfield, but we'd expect someone to uh, to kind of to come in uh, in place of Webb. But doing a pretty good audition, you know, on the on the biggest possible stages, Haverfield. Yeah, he was he was close to being close to being my man of the match. He was fantastic, and then when he switched over to the wing, he put in two try saving tackles, which you know were were literally top draw, world class. Um, so, yeah, massive, massive performance from him. Sam Davis had a couple of nice touches, but I did, I, I did think that he he clearly he missed about five big tackles. Mm. One one critical one was on Nick Tompkins, their substitute centre who came on. It was a real live wire, yeah. made to look good a little bit by um, a missed tackle by originally by Sam Davis. Then King came in and there was me praising him, but he got bumped off on mm. that one occasion, and Beard missed off him as well. A um, couple of big fans, and then he set up Williams, who who looked very threatening all 
you know all, all game to be honest. Um, I suppose on a plus point ahead of you know ahead of the autumn, it's good to see Liam in free flowing, free flowing mode. He feels like he's slotted into into that Saracen side with ease. You know, it's not always easy when you when you make a big money move to a side. The expectations are a lot higher. Feels like he's you know he's he's kind of breezed into that side and showing the class act that he is. Yeah, he looks totally at home, doesn't he? Um, yeah, took his took his try well, carried caught caught pass when he needed to, didn't didn't put a foot wrong. So yeah, he must be enjoying his rugby. I think. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're probably right. So there'll, there'll be a bit more on that later on when we have a look at the the squad uh, or kind of what we're selecting as our squad for the autumn internationals. So there'll be uh, plenty more to to come on that. But yeah, just to finish on the Ospreys, then Dan. You know what now? Because uh, you know we've said we've seen two really good performances, um, or two much improved performances from what we've seen than earlier on in the season, but yet to register a win in the uh, in the Heineken Cup. You know, will they go into those into those next round of games with you know a much bigger sense of belief and you know, and is there a chance they can get out of this group? There is a chance now with a performance like that. I mean, it's completely changed what. Certainly, what I thought they were uh, they were about. I did feel though at some point they were going to turn it, but I didn't. I didn't see it coming on the mm. against the Saracens. To be fair, you mentioned that you know if they can if they can put in a big performance, it could be the the shift. You know, there could be a momentum shift in their uh, in their season. So you you know that's off there, and and I reckon it, it it could it's probably that performance that's gonna that's gonna hold them in good stead now moving forward because the belief will be there, especially when you look at the injuries and. The way in which you know Sam Cross finishing off on the wing, um, you know, uh, he feels pretty comfortable out there as well, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, if there's anyone you'd want out there, it's a seven specialist, isn't it? But you know, Haberfield out on the wing, which we know again, he 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 could slot in at most places, but he's not an out and out wing. Um, they had uh, and then they had the front row boy, didn't they? Uh, Tom playing in the back or in the back row, so. Yeah, they'll be they'll be riding high now, and uh, probably really excited about the next game as opposed to previously. Probably were you know not really that up for, you know up for the next game. Probably would have would have you know preferred to be on the beach for a bit and yeah. getting out of the uh, the Welsh uh, the Welsh bubble. Yeah, that's it, and it doesn't um, it doesn't bode well for for Dragons. That this is the time that the Ospreys will undoubtedly. Uh, recover their form but uh, we'll, we'll look at the Ospreys in a uh, so we'll look at the ahead to the Derby uh, games a little bit later on in the podcast let's move on and have a look at the the Scarlets now and again some scintillating rugby in there as we come to expect from as we come to expect from Wayne Pivak's side but they didn't get the result and that is ultimately the most important thing and you know if you if you're not gonna if you don't win your home games in the Heineken Cup it, it starts to become very very difficult to, to get out of the group doesn't it yeah it does and uh, I think we need to have a little chat about Patrick um, at times he does struggle to control control the game um, from, from 10 mm. um, he does some some mercurial some, some great things but when it really boils down to it has he got you know has he got those nerves um, to really sort of uh, you know sort of see out a game, or just control you know control it. <clears throat> I think he he's got it within his locker. He just needs to he just needs uh, to work on his management of things. Really, um, do you, do you think that's a fair assessment there? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan, as you know, and I think we kind of love to do this, particularly with tens, is the minute we kind of spot a flaw, we tend to, to concentrate on the things that, the things that, you know, perhaps players missing from their game rather than the, the things that they're really good at. And what we know he's good at is getting a back line going. Uh, he's got fantastic ball skills. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely seems like it's a bit of a recurring theme across the season that, you know, they've bought him off a lot at 50, 55, 60 minutes. And you then you do start to wonder that when they're looking for control as it comes into the last quarter of the game, do they trust Patchell in order to do it? You know, we saw it in some massive games last season, particularly the, the semi-final of the Pro 12. We saw them, you know, switch Hadley Parks Hadley to 10. Parks and to 10 yeah. We've seen 10, you know, we've seen Parks slot in there, we've seen Asquith slot in there. Again, neither of whom are no. a 10 by trade. Um, so, I, you know, I found, that, I found that a bit strange and the longer it goes on, you do start to, to question it a little bit. But again, I kind of wonder with the Scarlets, you know, the way they play is so kind of fearless that is this what, you know, is this what you're going to expect? They're going to always be an exciting side to watch. But the the way they play, you know, are you able to are you able to kind of to temper that? Are you able to to rein it in and try and play a more controlled game, or do you actually lose the the fearlessness that that comes with it? Because I mean, although they didn't get the win, there's another outstanding mm. try during that game, and again some really good performances. But that doesn't win rugby games. You know, sorry, it doesn't. I mean, it does, but if you don't win the game. It just doesn't taste. It just doesn't taste as sweet, does it? So yeah, and the tr- and the, the you know the fantastic tries are, for- are forgotten about mm. almost, aren't they? Because it's always you have you have to get the win. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Patchels as well. I just think that they need they could do with a um, an out and out controlling ten. That when things do um, when the game is slipping away or when they need to see out a game, they can make that change without having to rely on you know players stepping in who can do a job. But it's you know then it's not their it's not their chosen position. Yeah, I've been quite surprised um, that because I think last season I was re- in Patrick's absence. I was really impressed with Dan Jones and how he went. And he played in some big games, did particularly the uh, the game against Saracens uh, at Parky Scarlets. And I was kind of really expecting him to to kick on. As far as I'm aware, I don't think he's injured. I just don't think he's. He's making it into that into that first team squad, which I find quite strange, given that they're looking for another option at ten, particularly off the bench. And yeah, I I, I would have expected them to, to be looking kind of more at him. He only signed a contract extension uh, in January as well, off the back of some good performances. So I found that a, I found that a bit ten, but uh, sorry, a bit strange at ten. Because I think ideally, what you do want is you want a you want a couple of options in that match day 23. Yeah. You know, you want someone to be able, you know, depending which way round you do it, you want someone to come off the bench and close a game out or you want someone to come on when the game breaks up a bit. So, yeah, I don't know, I found it a bit strange, but it's a big blow that for the for Scarlets and, um, you know, I think, that, I think they'll be disappointed. Yeah, they will be disappointed with that performance. They should have they should have got a win there. There's no doubt about it. Um so yeah, I think we're all we're all disappointed that didn't come about. How much of that is down to the five day turnaround though? They had a hell of a hard game out in Toulon, and then just five days later you're playing another game. Must have had a must have had an impact to, to a certain degree. Not that I'm looking to make excuses, but we, you know we know they kind of dropped off uh, in that second half, and and Bath were able to close the game out. 
that's got to have had an impact, surely. For me, it's it shouldn't have you know it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, it would definitely have taken its toll. It's five days is, is not enough, and the the shift that those players put in only five days earlier was huge, and they would they would still have been still have been hurting. Um, we've all, you've also got the sort of mental fatigue of you playing a game like that. They need longer. Um, it's not just the physical side of it. So definitely that would have crept in, um, and it's just too short a turnaround. Mm. It's not it's not safe either. No, it's not, and I don't. I can't imagine that they're using it as an excuse. I, I'm sure it would have had an, an impact, but they'll be frustrated though, won't they, yeah. by that? Because they'll know that you know you know legs were going. You know, minds were going or switching off, and they won't. They'll never mention it to the press because you know people start saying, "Oh, we don't want to make excuses." But everyone knows that would have taken its toll. Yeah, and uh, man of the match, of course, someone who is most familiar to fans in that part of the world, uh, Reese Priestland, having a, a fantastic game and uh, you know able to able to really win the game. We're going to talk about him again a bit later on when we. We come to the the squad selection. Yeah, I'm smiling just to, just to get your take on it. How impressed are, you know have you been with his form this season? Mighty impressed. The way he gets um, a backline moving um, is is something that uh, is just a joy to watch, and not not that many tens can do it. His, he's a he's a real passing passing ten, um, and when his head's there and he's on the game, there's uh, there's not that many better. I think it's also encouraging, you know, because we know what a a rough time he he had of it going back three or four seasons, and you see kind of him now, age thirty, play, you know, a much more mature player, uh, you know, not just able to get the back line going, but much more measured in his approach. And I think it's so easy to forget that ten is a position where you, you know, you do mature. You know, it's it's a position where every game you play, you learn more and more so I think to kind of go back and draw the parallel with Patchell again you know you would you'd look at him and go well, again he's a, he's a young player at the start of his career there's a lot more for him to learn and likewise Sam Davis at the Ospreys you know 12 months ago we were saying you know he was the informed Welsh 10 and we were saying that he should have been I think both of us were saying that he should have been a lot closer yep. to that Welsh lineup during the the autumn last season than than he was so again I think that will still be encouraging for for Scarlet's fans and for and for the management that you know to take a look at, at Priestland and the way he's he's kind of become a much more uh, rounded player I think you know they'll they'll look at that for for Patchell and I tell you what I bet they wouldn't have minded having him in the having him in the side you know you talk about one of the options at ten that would have been all right wouldn't it having, having oh, no further yeah definitely I mean he was. He was the best town on the park, wasn't he, by some way. Um, and with Reese, he has struggled with consistency, isn't he, for one reason or another. Mm. Um, you know, everyone's got an opinion on that. But he, um, yeah, it's nice to it's nice to see him back playing with confidence, um, you know, enjoying his, enjoying his rugby, really. And, you know, if we look at Patchell and his little sort of inconsistencies mm. at times, Reese has had that, as you pointed out, so... Um, you know, he, or, or, the ten is one of those positions, isn't it? That you get. It's so easy to be to be critical of a ten because yeah. they're on the ball so much, and if they're not on the ball, then they're criticised for their defence or their outside players or inside players. So it's a really difficult. It's a really difficult one to say. Look, you know, week in week out, 
there's a consistent tell. I mean, Dan Bigger, for instance, you know, we've, you know, he's had his, mm. he's he's been criticised, hasn't he? You know, left, right, and centre over the years, and then he'll put in a, you know, a, a, a fantastic performance, and it switches again. So it's almost week by week, isn't it? Really, it certainly can be. But yeah, uphill battle for the Scarlets if they're to stand any chance of getting out of that group. I personally, I think that was a must-win game on on Friday. Night. I think that it's going to be really, really difficult. Um, Really, really difficult for them to, to get out of it now, which is a, a shame because I do think there's so much potential in that side to be a, you know, to be a challenging for European silverware. So that's a, that's a shame, but you, you never know. Moving across to the Challenge Cup now, no such concerns for Cardiff Blues. You've started two wins out of two, and away at Toulouse with a very strong Toulouse side. Yeah, they picked a they picked a great that's a big scalp that huge, yeah. Yeah, I um, again, not many people would have seen that coming, would they? It's starting to build some momentum now. This is it, isn't it? You know how things have changed from from last month, where we were looking at it and saying, you know, really, it was again, it was kind of hard to see where where Cardiff Blues were going to kick on, and you just think that these wins are, are definitely going to are going to build that confidence. That's uh, yeah, it's no mean feat to to head out to Toulouse and, and pick up a win there. Danny Wilson going to stay now. No, he's not going to stay. But uh, <laughs> a few, few, uh, few Cardiff fans calling or Blues fans calling for that. Yeah, I, you know, but I think it's encouraging for them, and I think it shows that he, I think it shows the respect they have for him in the dressing room that they're going to go out and perform like this. So, I think they really want to target this tournament, Cardiff Blues. We said this last week. Um, it's really difficult because I'd love to be able to give you some in-depth analysis on the game, but as per last week's rants, um, just haven't got any footage of it so uh, it's really disappointing to uh, you know to not to not have that and this is this is what is ridiculous it is because it's you know there's these really interesting stories developing in the um in the tournament but it's just not getting the the coverage and the the recognition it deserves it reminds me a bit of when uh whatever it was called at the time the edf energy kind of then merged into the lv cup you know because there was a point where you know when like when, when Cardiff please won that uh, they were playing some fantastic rugby, and the Ospreys have done, uh, you know, they've had uh, some good runs in that tournament um, for a few seasons before that. And then all of a sudden, it just wasn't taken seriously, and it became a, a development tournament. And I just feel like the Challenge Cup is heading into that territory. But for the time being, Blue should definitely target this, and uh, they've got they've got a damn good chance, I think. It's it, but it's all down to the, the. It doesn't help, does it? The way that you can't. You can't watch it. They're almost mm. making it go down that channel because uh, if they don't, they, they don't value it. They're not showing it. Mm. So what? What's the? You know what? Are, what are the fans? Or well, yeah, uh, we've said this. Think of it. You know, it's it's really really difficult because it's not getting the coverage it deserves on uh, through the broadcast platforms, especially if you are a fan of a world side. There's no European qualification for it, which I just don't understand. I just think again, instantly, sides take it more seriously if there is that that chariot. Then you know you see it in football with the Europa League, yeah. and you got sides like Man United going out and winning it because it got them a place in Europe, you know, in the in the Champions League. So personally, I just think that was that was a, a ridiculous decision to do that to start with, and it, yeah, unfortunately, the long term health of that tournament I think is going to struggle. But for the time. Time being, Cardiff Blues fans haven't had a lot to cheer in the last uh, in the last couple of years or so. 
go out, target this. You know, they, it's a tournament they won once before. And again, I think a lot of Blues fans would say, you know, what a fantastic day that was when they were able to turn over uh, Toulon in their own backyard. Yeah, the sun over there, yeah. Yeah. They'll yeah. fancy this as well, won't they? Yeah, I, I think I, so. With the squad, the squad they've got, the young, you know, the young players, um, it's... It's quite an exciting, uh, quite an exciting tournament for them, I think. I think that's the really encouraging thing is that, again, by all accounts, a lot of the young players were the ones putting in big performances. And you know, we said it the week before with Thomas Williams, and um, there's a lot of really good young players um, in that squad. And you know, if they're starting to get exposure in this tournament, and and I think a win like that again will give them a, a more of a, a sense of belief. So. Yeah, I, I say go for it. Really, really go for it. Put out a strong side. You know, I think it's going to be difficult to to string things together in the league consistently. So, you know, why not? Why not have a really damn good run at trying to bring home some, um, bring home a tournament. You know, bring home some silverware. Great for um, Christian Dacey as well, wasn't it? Captain in the side, and he came out. Well, he had a blinder as well. Out proud, think. yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it seems that way. I think his line out went really, really well. He carried more than anyone else on the pitch, and. Uh, Timed perfectly. Well, our cookers are going very well. So. Yeah, God, it's there's no it's mean. selection dilemma. It really is. Again, keep plugging this, but um, yeah, we'll have a look and see who who we've selected when it comes to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, hats off to hats off to Carlo Cruz. Been a tough, tough um, start to the season for them, but that's a you know that's a, a terrific uh, a terrific win for them. Dragons as well getting a win. Um, you know. Twelve months ago, they lost this corresponding fixture. It seems always, always the way that the that we, you know, we get drawn out in Russia. You know, there's big logistical problems out there. It's not an easy place to go. It's expensive. Um, and Jackman sent out a side that again makes you think that Dragons are going to take this. They're going to take this seriously as long as they see there's a, an opportunity to get out of the group. You know, the losing bonus point the the week before uh, at Newcastle. And uh, getting the win uh, versus NSA, I think you know again there's a, an opportunity here to go on a bit of a to go on a bit of a run and um, yeah to, to get out of it and to have the the winning bonus point. Um, you know I, I think it does show how far how far they've come because I think that that loss last year was was down to the fact that they just weren't a cohesive side and I think. This time round, there is just it's a it's a much better unit. The whole of the you know the whole of the squad is, even though you know they're not going to go out and and suddenly you know start turning turn over the biggest names in the Pro Twelve away from home. I think just going out and putting together putting together wins. I th- I think this will build this will build confidence again. Yeah, it will do, won't it? He's he's picking, he's carefully selecting the games, isn't he? And like you say, in the last game, we need to win. Um, I think in both in both tournaments, you know, because uh, yeah, we've we've covered that before as well. You know, he's, he's got to be selective because his squad is so thin, and you know, I think we saw that there was a lot of reports coming out last week that he was going to go kind of fully loaded into this one. I think you saw a bit of a a bit of a balance. Um, you know, good to see Charlie Davis back as well. You know, I think he's again we've been really threadbare at, at scrum half obviously Blacker came in for a little uh, little period of time and then you've had people like Owen Leonard coming in and, and covering too so I think just having Charlie Davis back and I think this is kind of you know this is his tournament it's his uh, you know he had that um, that try against Gloucester going back a couple of seasons so again pleased for um, 
pleased for him to get back on the on the score sheet. Um, the bad news out of the game, and this always seems that whenever there's a Dragons victory, there's always some kind of injury news that goes alongside it. There's a really nervous wait for Ollie Griffiths now, not only from a Dragons perspective, but also, you know, I would have had him uh, nailed on in the squad for uh, the Autumn Internationals, and we'll wait to see the extent of a of a jaw injury. Um, so I really hope that doesn't that doesn't cost him um, the autumn. So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a nervous nervous wait on that front. Yeah, it'd be a huge blow, won't it? It would, yeah. And um, yeah, again, not you know, not only from from his personal point of view for a you know for a, a potential Wales call up, but yeah, again for the Dragons, you know, been waiting to, to have him back in, and they brought him in. He's got a good run of games under his belt, so he looked fantastic during that time. He's shown what a talent he is. So. It'd be a real blow there for, for Dragons and Wales in that regard. Especially with the derbies coming up, which we're going to have a little look at now. Let's start and stick with the, stick with the Dragons then. Friday night, they make the trip down to the, down to the Liberty Stadium. I've kind of alluded to this earlier. I think this is, this is going to be... You know, I think maybe a fortnight ago, you've been looking at it thinking, oh, maybe this is one we could win on the road here. You would have fancied it then, wouldn't you? I think I, I, think I would have, and... I don't, you know, this, it just shows how quickly things can how quickly things can change because all of a sudden it, it certainly feels a much more daunting task. What are your thoughts ahead of Ospreys Dragons on Friday night? But it's, I mean, if the Ospreys play anywhere near like they did this weekend, the the Dragons won't be able to won't be able to stay with them. Um, but what you know was that a game where they just everything came into place, or was that the start of something? We're going to have to see, aren't we? Um, I. I'd like to hope that it's it's the start of of uh, their season really kicking in, and um, I, I I think the Ospreys are going to have too much personally for the for the Dragons, but I think it'd be a really really you know good fruity game that massive. Uh, you know, there's a big big crowd comes out to support the game. Yeah, I hope so. I certainly hope so. In that regard, it's yeah, it feels a, it feels a difficult one now. I think you know that's that's going to happen at the perfect time for. For Tandy and Ospreys, you know, to, to add some kind of sense of belief in there, and his, history doesn't bode well for the Dragons in um, in clashes against the Ospreys. And with it being at Liberty, I think that's going to be a I think it's going to be a very tough um, a very tough encounter indeed. So again, you know, love would love to see it, but I just I just hope we can really make a really make a good game of it. And I think every time I've watched the Dragons this season, there have been moments to. Um, Moments to you know to really cheer and just look a much more competitive side than you have been. The problem has been kind of has been finishing games. Any any particular areas where you feel the you know the dragons could expose the the ospreys? I mean, I've well, I felt prior to prior to this week's game that you know one thing that's gone really well for the dragons has been I think the backs have, have really started to click and um, I've been impressed generally with. You know, we've looked like scoring tries, and um, you know that's certainly something you wouldn't have been able to say last season. So, I would have said the, the amount of ball that Ospreys kick away, you've got a chance to counter, and you know, depending on which side you you select, if you've got the likes of you know, if you've got the likes of Morgan in there, and um, you know, Hallam Amos is a dangerous um, is a dangerous counter attacker as well. That I thought that you know that could be a potentially an area, but you know as you pointed out earlier, Ospreys now you Don't know kick off the, the back way. of that you know yeah but you know maybe they're not gonna they're not gonna kick it as much and this is gonna 
actually be a you know a real um, a real change in the way that they they take on games. Yeah, I hope that they don't kick don't kick the ball away because they look threatening from 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 everywhere. Um, somewhere I'm, I'm, there's a couple of areas which I'm excited, which is the the centre back the centre battle mm. between the two sides. Now I think that's going to be interesting because Dragons boys have been going really well, and then the Ospreys, you know. Which flicked a Saturday. They were, in the, you know, Kieran, you know, Fonatier and uh, and Watkins were were immense. So that's going to be a good matchup. And the front row, I think, is going to be great. That's going to be really. I think that'll be fiery. And a different outfit with uh, with our head back in the side. I think he's been so crucial to them, and he's going to be a, a miss when he moves away at the end of at the end of this season for the Ospreys. Um, because yeah, that's that's been a difficult area for the Dragons. I think you know we've had to blood some. Some young talent there, you know, with uh, with with Leon Brown, who's this is his first real senior season. I've been impressed with how he's got on, but he's still learning his trade as a as a tight head. Um, Elliot D's gone fantastically well, as we've as we've said. Parry and um, parry against D will be yeah. will be feisty, I think. Yeah, it will. I, I think, think that'll be really interesting. Yeah, right old ding dong there, and um, yeah, you know, and, and obviously Brock Harris has done a has done a job on the loose. Um, so yeah, you know, I can see scrum time being difficult. Um, I can, but I mean, who knows? Let's hope for a fast and open game. That'd be, you know, that'd be fantastic because I, you know, I do think we've got a speedy set of backs that play with a, with a much bigger sense of ambition than we've than we've seen before. And if Osprey's going to play that again, it could be, you know, it could be a, you know, a, a real spectacle of a game. Yeah, definitely. Last point for me on that is the the dragons can have a. Uh, they can get a good amount of good amount of yards, I think, from box kicking cleverly, getting the chase right, targeting the Ospreys' wings. Mm. They tend to fumble the ball quite often. Um, like Corey Allen went off as well on, on the weekend. Um, looked to look, look to have an injury there as well, which he just goes from one injury to, to another. Yeah. And he, he played played well as well. He, I actually he, think even when they were playing impressive. badly, even when they were playing badly, I thought Corey Allen has done admirably for. I suppose considering he's moving from wing to centre, I personally I think he's a centre rather than a wing. What do you think? Yeah, for me he's a centre. He's a centre as well, but he did he did have a good game yeah. on the wing. Missed a couple of um, couple of tackles, obviously from being out of position. He doesn't play in that. Mm. He doesn't play there regularly, but um, that's a, that's an area where I would target. Um, and then you want you want the Ospreys really to revert to the forwards, not passing, because for the first time this season we saw the front row players. Mm. Doing the old, you know, the old Brock Harris, then you know, pass behind, which we haven't seen him doing before. Mm. But uh, they, I think they've been looking at a few of the Dragons videos. So Possibly, yeah, fascinating yeah. game that. Really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, it, it will be indeed. And actually, you know, obviously, we always love these these derby games. Saturday night, you've then got Scarlets versus Cardiff Blues, and with the Blues having rediscovered a bit of their, you know, a bit of their swagger in the backs now. That could be again. Could be a really exciting. I hope so. I hope I'm not going to put the mockers on it now because it'd be great to see two sides going for it. Because again, each each of those back lines are littered with, um, you know, littered with real talent and exciting players, and that's what you want to see in these games. Yeah, I. It's it's going to be a great weekend of of Welsh rugby, isn't it? I mean, that's a close one. That I. I fancy I fancy the Blues in it. I just think they'll be going into that um, with a real sense of belief, and I think that that, that loss for the Scarlets is going to be hurting them. Mm. Um, and there might be a little bit of a little bit of doubt doubt creeping in, but it's almost too close to call, isn't it? 
Who would you? What, what was your money on there? I'm gonna go for Scarlets. I think home advantage will will make a difference there. I also think that they'll probably just have a bit too much, uh, a bit too much up front. Uh, again, you know, we've seen a, a big improvement by all accounts um, in terms of how uh, Tyler Blues have played up front, but they're still missing a hell of a lot of players um, in that back row. You know, it's 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 been really really tough for them. So we said um, off air actually is I've been really impressed with a couple of these like kind of journeyman type loanee players who've come in so that the Ospreys you've got Guy Mercer who's come in on loan. I think he's been you know as you said he had a fantastic game on Saturday night and he's been a awesome. shrewd kind of recruit but also at the um, at the Cardiff Blues I think Ollie Robinson has, has come in and done really well yeah, you know, he, has. Yeah. he is just Andy Robinson you know it's 20, 20, 25 yeah. years later isn't he you know yeah. He looks like him. He plays like him, and um, yeah. So I've been I've been really impressed with him. And I think from a bigger picture point of view, that's how sides have got to you know have got to recruit. We don't have the money in Wales to to go out and and blow huge amounts on you know on the the huge kind of marquee signings. You've got to be really really shrewd. We've praised the Scarlets for doing it and bringing out you know players like uh, uh, players like Ty Byrne and. And numerous others that they've they've bought in, recruited well, Hadley Parks and McNichol and these kind of players. I think that you've got to now look at the other regions and say, you know, players like that have been invaluable. You know, I think that the Mercers and the Robinsons have have come in, added some um, added some experience, and they're not you know they're not going to be breaking the bank in there. So the recruitment is something that you just have to get right, particularly in Wales where you don't have that. That luxury to be able to go right. Let's just go and get a, a proven international flanker. Uh, so you know, fair play with uh, with those kind of recruits. It's it's been so poor though in Wales, isn't it? I mean, the, the, mm. the, the recruitment policy has been shocking, quite frankly, for 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 a long, long time. So it's uh, we've all known that there's been quality players out there, um, but, but you've got to look harder. You know, you have to look yeah. harder, and then you've got to show some imagination and spot. You know, you, you, the scouting thing is so crucial for uh, for Welsh regions that they have to have someone in there who's able to to identify a bit of talent that on paper doesn't you know doesn't get the um, you know won't get the back page headlines you know where as, as big signings like Halfpenny did, but it will be the kind of player that is going to come in and make a big difference to um, to squad and likewise you know in Sam Cross on the, on Saturday big game for me. huge game. You know, that's it. You know, you've got to recruit the right characters and the the players with the right skill sets. So, yeah, hopefully, it's a, a sign of things to come in in terms of recruitment across the board for all four teams. Yeah, that's so anyway. So, yeah, fingers crossed it will be a, a good weekend to uh, to look forward to. Um, just before we get on to have a look at the Welsh squad, uh, you're itching to get on that, aren't you? I am itching to get on that. Yeah, I've made a little spreadsheet and everything this down. This is the uh, some meticulous kind of planning has gone into this rather than my usual back of a fag packet stuff uh, but before we do that I mean we we can't not mention the big news of this week which was the change to what was called Gatlin's Law what's it actually called the Senior National Selection Policy something like that uh, sounds so, good enough yeah <laughs> I, I don't know I think it might well be called Webb's Law after this because <laughs> it's uh, he really seems to have borne the brunt of it so again, if you have been living under a rock and don't know uh, the the outcome of this, uh, the law, you know, the law, the policy has now changed to say that 
you can only play for Wales uh, if you are playing within Wales or have a minimum of 60 caps for the senior side. So that's going to leave some very interesting choices for players like Moriarty and, uh, and those kind of players playing outside of Wales who don't have that, um, that number of caps yet to see whether they come back. But in the short term, Reese Webb, who's just signed a contract with Toulon, big money move, one of the best nines in the world, in my opinion. Um, he, you know, under this basis, isn't going to be eligible for Wales. And, you know, both sides really kind of digging their heels in on this. It feels like the WRU have kind of wanted to make a big name casualty. And on the other hand, you know, Webb and his... Uh, and his agent, Darren Jones, have turned around and said, Big right, he's, yeah, they've said, uh, you know, he's he's still going to go to Toulon. I mean, Christ, I don't even know where to begin on this, Dan. What has been your take? That's an incredibly vague question, but what have you made of this whole scenario? Yeah, so I, st- I for me, we needed to make, we definitely need to make it a change, yeah. Mm. And it's not, the 60 cap rule is not perfect, but I think it's, for me, it sits fairly well then. Yeah, we needed to do something like that. Somebody, you know, I've heard a few people talk about maybe bringing in um, a rule alongside that where, you know, if they've had, you know, X number of appearances for a regional yeah. side, then maybe that could be looked at. But again, it just starts, you, you, you've got to have one point, haven't you? Mm. And stick to that one point. Albeit, I do quite like that because, you know, when you look at Webb, you say that he's, he's put in a hell of a shift. For, for regional you know, regional yeah. rugby in Wales and then Wales as a whole because you know the regions are part of that so um, but anyway 60 cap fine with that but I think the way in which this has been this has been done and the way Webb's been brought into it whether or not he knew or not um, I think that it, it's the time in which it came in he should have been he should have been um, not brought into it and allowed to Allowed to have not uh, not be caught up in it, really. The thing is, though, I feel like the, there were so many loopholes and so much kind of opportunity to get around the old law that the WRU have felt they got to go hard line on this and have gone right, no ifs, no buts. But it's still a hard it. line, isn't it? If if that's brought in, well, which it is, it's still a, it's still. It's still going to make people stand back and go, bloody hell, this is, okay, this is in now. You know, Webb, he just missed it, you know. Um, he, just snuck, he just snuck through then. Mm. But he was the last one, and it's it's there, because at the moment he's saying he didn't know about it. WOU was saying he did. Um, it's very, very messy. It is messy. I also think it doesn't help doing it. Uh, I think it was Martin Williams said this in the week. It doesn't help doing it in the middle of a season. You no, know, it, it doesn't. That if, you're, if you're doing it, during the close season, uh, it, it feels like it makes a hell of a lot more sense to do it then, rather than this does feel like it's been a knee jerk and web and bigger. It's not been thought the late, being the latest high profile. They've gone right. We've got to do something. We've got to do it now. Yeah, it's not been thought out, does it? The timing's absolutely key. In autumn internationals coming up as well. Just t- everyone is talking about it, aren't they? You know, outside of Wales as well. Mm. It's you know, um, it's messy, and I feel that. The the hard rule is there whether or not he was, whether or not he was included in this or not. So for me, I would have let him, you know, I would have let him uh, be involved. Do you think there's any chance that he could renege on his arrangement with Toulon? For me, he's going, um, and this, the way in which this has been handled, will make him, 
go the other way with it, to be honest. Um, so I, I can't see him. I can't see him turning uh, turning it down at all. Yeah, I, I mean, can you? Is, no, no, I don't. You know, I don't know whether there is an opportunity to do that or not. Part of me wondered: is this just a bit of playing hardball at the moment and saying, "No, you know, I'm definitely not gonna not gonna turn my back on two line. It's too good a financial opportunity, and this isn't my fault." I wonder whether it's perhaps a bit of a bargaining tool. You know, again, this is just mm. just theories. Perhaps it's a bit of a bargaining tool to um, to get the W to revisit looking at you know a um, a dual contract for him to keep him somewhere in the country because you know I I genuinely don't believe that he doesn't want to play for Wales or values going to play for too long more than Wales but it is you know it's a massive financial opportunity for him and we've said in all these cases you, it's hard to blame the player because you know. Uh, you're only ever one injury away from losing the end of career, and no one knows that more than Reese Webb. You know he's had a, a a pretty bad time of it through injuries, and you know that that game against Italy prior to the to the World Cup. You know, I was there, I was there in the stadium, and you just knew it was a bad one mm. when it happened. And you know those kind of things with uh, you know with a, a worse bit of luck can end up in in career enders. So I, I do feel particularly sorry that it's him. I'm really disappointed that it's him that's kind of been the the player that has been you know caught out if you like or almost made an example of a little bit don't, don't you do feel do you agree with me though that he could have it didn't need to have been done this way so bring in the rule by all means but don't you know make an example of him then because the rule is still hard it's still it's it's, it's still uncompromising it's there I think what's I think what's done it is that the last time around there was just they got off on the wrong foot. They made exceptions. This wild card thing, you, there was like three or four. And outside of the wild card thing, it depended on when you signed your contract. It was too confusing. Nobody knew. And so this time round, this iteration has had to be hardline. And even though he signed though, we're not quite sure what he signed. But he's yeah. talked about heads of agreement. So that's the bit that doesn't sit well with me. So he signed. We don't quite know what it is, whether it's a pre, whether it's a pre-contract mm. agreement, or whether it is heads. But that's why I think it's really important that to is... know whether he was aware of the change coming up or not, because the initial reports that came out when he signed said that he went with Gatland's blessing. And I think in all of this, I don't think Gatland, Gatland wants the best players available for selection, regardless of where they are. And you know, no doubt he'll be working closely with the union to make sure you know that you, you can keep the talent in. Um, in the country but first and foremost his job is to win games of rugby as a coach so not having Reese Webb available isn't in his interest and so you, do you I know I'm I know I'm, I'm not committing to this no, I'm either tra- way do you think he knew I've got I've got no idea I've got absolutely no idea um, it's just impossible to say isn't it it's impossible to say the, the initial reports that came out said he went with Gatlin's blessing so if that's the case you would have imagined that if they knew there was going to be an opportunity then that um, yeah, he might well have reconsidered. Um, but again, I think they've deliberately gone after this and said he's not going to be allowed to play just to lay down the law to anyone else. And I kind of get that, but I also feel desperately sorry for Reese Webb because... I don't like that. No, that I get that. The, I, I just, it doesn't, I can't handle it that he, he, he's been made an example of it's not uh, uh, 
everything and, and if we take strip out as well everything that he's given to Wales yeah um, even if he was a, a sort of a lesser servant then to be made an example of like that I just think's wrong um, but I'm all for the rule because mm. there's a lot of talk at the moment isn't there about um, you know we see it you know Wales just needs to pick their best players you know yeah. that 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 doesn't we can't have that because no, the game in Wales needs to be protected at regional at regional level, doesn't it? It's not. It, it, that's that's making it far too simplistic. It's not an ideal scenario. You know, the ideal scenario is all the regions are flourishing and they want to, and players want yeah. to stay and play in. But how do how anyway. do we get there? But you need a short term gap, yeah. something that's going to stop the stop the exodus and yeah. and keep players in there. And I think this does help. Like we said a few weeks ago, it helps in terms of succession planning because if you know right. So and so is entering his final contract. He's got fifty cap. He's got fifty five caps. Chances are, you know, that someone's going to be sniffing around there. You then know that you might have to factor that in, um, yeah. and you know, you can start trying to bring young talent in to, to fill that, or you can start trying to recruit. So, I think um, you know, I, do, I, I am all for the rule, but I feel desperately sorry for for Reece Webb. I mean, you know the. I do think it's important, you know, whether he knew or he didn't know. But you're right. The thing that keeps coming back to me is it's a guy who has given everything for Wales and for the Ospreys, and you know has been injured in that shirt really, really badly. And it doesn't, it doesn't, something doesn't sit right to turn around and go, well, you can't pull that on because you signed a contract. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I really feel for the guy. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to. Um it'll well it'll definitely rumble on won't it there's going to be more things coming out as we go along this but. is very true um, and the first of those is whether or not he gets selected for the Autumn International so Gatlin names his first Wales squad for over a year now obviously he was off on the on Lions duty for um, for a long while now just got two years remaining on his contract all eyes on building towards the World Cup or at least they should be and Tuesday is D-Day for players in terms of who's going to make it into the Autumn International squad. So again, just to recap, we've got um, Australia, Georgia, New Zealand and South Africa in, uh, in the Autumn. So, you know, not, a, um, not an easy set of games there by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And doesn't get any easier given the fact that Australia have turned over the All Blacks over the weekend. <laughs> so um, what we've done here is, is I've selected a side... Dan, uh, given that you were sleeping earlier, um, couldn't get hold of you all afternoon because you were uh, you were busy sleeping. So I've selected a side. I've done the kind of the the Gatland role to to your Howley, um, and have selected a, a thirty six man squad. Um, so we're gonna have a look at that now and see. And again, this is based on what I would go for. So it's a mixture of uh, a bit of realism, knowing that it's a tough autumn coming up, and also um, a little bit of allowing ourselves to dream just because we've got the opportunity because there's going to be no repercussions. I like that, a bit of realism. Yeah, a bit of realism. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we're going to look at that. And then there's a couple of, you know, a couple of tough or 50-50 calls in there as well that we're going to be calling upon you for um, for a bit of judgment on. So where do you want to start? With the, with the forwards or the backs? Let's go forwards. All right. So we've got six, uh, six props. Um, so three in each um, three in each position um, first up loose heads I've gone for Wynne Jones yep. I think he's acquitted himself really well you know as he's, as he's had that opportunity he's gone well 
he has gone well. I've gone for Nicky Smith. I think he's starting to come back into into a bit of form, and I think he's one of those players now who's going to be in and around the squad for um, for the future. He uh, he needs to keep uh, the cycling shorts on he was wearing on the weekend because that's <laughs> that seemed to make the difference. Um, <coughs> Trigger the cough there. <laughs> yeah, Nicky keep keep them on because uh, he was exceptional on the weekend. Right. Yeah. So Nicky Smith plus cycling shorts. Um, an interesting one because obviously there's been um, a fair amount of uh, debate or speculation this week over whether Rob Evans is going to be fit mm. or not, and that seems like quite a big it's worry. It's a big one. There was a piece in uh, in the rugby paper today. I think it was Peter Jackson suggesting that Gethin might be fast tracked into the squad. Now he's coming back from um, coming back from injury. Obviously, has played very little rugby this season. Um, and you know won't have played much by the time the autumn internationals come around, um, so that's a tough decision. Um, I'm basing this on if Rob Evans is injured, Gethin Jenkins gets the nod. I'm going. I'm going for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of my. He's one of my all-time favourites, Gethin. But I I would put one of the uh, one of the youngsters. You know. So one what are you saying, Domachowski? Maybe. Or? Yeah. Get one of the youngsters in there. Autumn internationals. Let's get those boys in there. The thing is, though, like. I know it's huge because the teams which we're playing against. I just, I just, think, I just but... think now, you know, first up against Australia, if you get, you know, so you're then going into that, if you're saying, you know, your loose heads would be Wynne Jones, Domachowski and Nicky Smith. Very inexperienced. Very, you know, no no caps for uh, for Wynne Jones. And, you know, Domachowski's played well at age grade rugby, but he's still, you know, relatively inexperienced in terms of... Uh, um, yeah, in terms of regional rugby, really. Yeah. And Nicky Smith is, you know, has got you know a handful of caps to his name. So Nicky's looking experienced when you mention well, those names, isn't he? Those, isn't he? Yeah, you yeah. know, or do you go down the other route and go right? Well, Chuck Paul James. Yeah, in I was going to say know. Paul James. Wow, who I'm, you know, I'm brilliant. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. I'm a yeah. big fan of, but he is, you know, probably reaching the twilight yeah. of his career now. But I mean, sensibly, you, yeah, Paul James, you, you, you'd have there, wouldn't you? Uh, or somebody like that. Well, that's but, that's why I'm going for Jenkins. I think just. You know, I think you you're gonna have to have some experience in there, um, and it, that you know, if Rob, if Rob Evans is fit, I think it's a different scenario. So I'm just basing it on the fact that he's, yeah. that I don't think he is gonna be. So that's the that's the loose head prop selection. Um, tight heads uh, again. You know, I think Lee and Francis are, are hard to to split. I think you know, I'm not seeing as much of Francis because he's playing else. You know, playing in England. Uh, I think Lee's gone really well this season. Um, kind of, you yeah. know, he's starting to, after showing some real good initial promise in his first couple of seasons, then found it a bit tougher. Has had injury problems and whatnot. I think, um, yeah, I think he's starting choice tight head for me. So he, he's in there, and then the the kind of the backup. I've gone for uh, I've gone for Azarati there. So yeah, in keeping with your getting, you know, a bit of new blood in there, um, I've opted to to select him. Good. Yeah, he's been. I've been impressed with uh, with Azarati's. Um great in the loose and his scrummaging's been uh, been very strong at times as well he's you know had a couple of wayward moments as you which you which you'd expect but would you chuck him in for the georgia games there's never a bigger um never a bigger scrummaging education than than going up against some gnarly georgians i would would you okay yeah straight in there we need we've got to see these players haven't we all right no no i think you you know i think you, you're definitely going to learn something from that i think the danger is you always go for wholesale 10 changes and then the side doesn't click and you don't yeah. learn anything but that would definitely be one thing I'd be able to look at is like going okay let's really learn something out of this game and 
a young tight end like Kieran Azarati is going to learn a hell of a lot if uh, you know if he has to go up against a you know strong Georgian front row. It might be also that we use him we use him in some of the other you know some of the other what I suppose you'd call stronger sides then because they may be weaker at scrummaging or so I think we need to really drill into the you know into the sides. Okay. Um, um, Hooker is a very difficult one as yeah, well. So there's, so many by this one. there's so many informed hookers. Um, so two are nailed on for me, right? Ken Owens is is the best hooker yeah. in Wales. You know he's a he's a lion. He's a seasoned international. I think he's you know he's a fantastic player. He's a leader. You know I think he's a you know he's a real cap. You know he's a captaincy option in amongst there as well. He's a genuine you know genuine leader. Um, I've got Freddie at D as well. No no secret. I'm big fan of his. Uh, he's been in and he's been in awesome form. I think he's you know now he's. Touch wood, you know, staying injury free, he's really progressing as um, as a player. So they're the two that I was I was convinced on. I'd have the I'd have the same. Okay. Yeah. And then the third choice is really really difficult. I think um, you've got a lot of players who you know, like I said, Daisy had a really good game on Friday night. Um, but prior to that, you know, hadn't necessarily um, you hadn't necessarily had the the strongest start to the season versus where he was last year. I think, you know, Parry was a player who impressed us a lot last season, but hadn't, um, you know, up until recently, you know, playing a struggling Osprey side. Uh, and then you've had Elias at, um, you know, who's kind of been alternating with, with Ken Owens and uh, was fantastic last season as well. And I've gone for Elias in there just for, you know, I think Owens and D are brilliantly mobile. I think Elias adds a bit more, um, Size a bit more size in Grant, which again, you know, you could probably put Parry into that bracket. It's really unlucky for Daisy because he's playing really well, and I'm sure Cardiff Blues fans would disagree with me. But if I was picking a side, I would go for Ryan Elias. Yeah, so diff- so difficult, isn't it? Because you want you want your third hooker to come in with some that offers something different. Then you look at Daisy, always gets on the try, you know, try sheet. But I think that's what Elliot D's bringing to this squad for me. You know, yeah. I think that's what D that's what D adds, and it's so difficult for Daisy because he's. It's just a bit light sometimes, you know, and that's so, so difficult because he gives everything and he's te- you know, technically he's fantastic when it comes to scrummaging and, you know, he, he does so much in terms of slowing the ball down and uh, and getting over the ball. But, um, yeah, I've gone for Elias. Tough, tough call that one there. It is tough. I think I can see why you've record, done... I think Gatlin will go for Daisy, but... Do you, I can see why you've gone for, why you've gone for Elias and, um, yeah, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him the nod as well for, Parry, I really like Parry. Mm. He's, he's a very, very aggressive, uncompromising chap. Um, hard, big, strong ball. Carrier. Like D, you know, hard, you know, hard, hard young boy. So yeah, um, but I think I don't know. I think I think Wales will go with um, will go with uh, Elias. Actually, I think Do you? In, okay. in, in in this instance, yeah. Okay. But um, it's such it's so close. You know, be happy with 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 any of those three. They're really. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, we're blessed there at the moment. Yeah, and to have so many in in such good form, and right onto lock then. Pick five second rows. Um, I actually think that you know we've we've said this a few times. It's an area where we kind of yeah when we were looking at the summer tour, it was you know not necessarily the biggest area of of strength for us. Uh, so here I've gone for I've gone for Alan Wynne Jones is the obvious one. I have gone for Charteris um, as another one in there again. I just think 
games like New Zealand and, and Australia, you're going to need some real experience um, into the mix, whether it be on the bench or, or starting. So I've, I've got Alan Jones and Charteris in there. I've gone for Ball as well. Oh yeah, um, been immense. You know, again, I just think he's, uh, you know, he's a, he adds that level of experience and um, he's carrying ball carrying, gets you a ton of work. So I've gone for him. Um, Seb Davis has to be in there. You know, I've yeah. said before, I think he like he reminds me of a young Alan Jones. Um, and he's getting bloody close to the starting lineup for me. I'd be half tempted to throw to throw him in against Australia. Um, the result over the weekend might have changed my mind a bit, so I might go for you know I might look at Alan Jones, Charteris, and then Davis off the bench. But he's he's bloody close for me. Yeah, I'm so impressed. With he him. deserves. If we're picking on form, mm. he's he'd be in there, wouldn't he? Um, It'd be tough on for me. It'd be tough on Jake Ball because he's been really, really impressive. But I think um, Davis has been more impressive. He has. Yeah, I would. I would agree. He's been more sort of stand out. But what Ball gives you is that just the carrying from mm. him is and physicality is enormous. But Alwyn Jones and uh, and and again, and, this is this is it. You now we've got two and two seven. years to to prepare for the World Cup. We wasted the opportunity last autumn because we just picked the same side over and over again. Um, and I think this is now the time to look at it and go, okay, right, we need to explore a few options. Yeah. And, you know, if Seb Davis has got 10, 15 caps um, by this time next year, uh, then that's, that's only going to help. So, you know, I, th- I think he's definitely and got... the other sides do it as well, don't they? The other sides. Yeah. If, you're, if, you're, if you're playing in England, you're playing in your, and Seb Davis, you know, is playing that well. He, he starts for England, you know. Same with Australia, same with New Zealand. They play these boys. So I think there's a lot to be said as well for the first game of the autumn. So mm. if we play some of the youngsters that are on dynamite form, it just gives them that extra lift. If we get a loss first off and then they're coming in, it's so much harder. We for always them. start so slowly as well. Yeah. But actually, you think, well, if the so, form gives you yeah, give some momentum, some players who are playing well, yeah, uh, then I think you know, I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. I mean, is anyone going to give more than him starting the second row alongside Halloween? How exciting is that? Yeah, it is. I, I um, yeah, I I think it's he's definitely in the match day. He's definitely in the match day twenty three for me. And then I'm in two minds as to whether yeah. he starts or. Or doesn't that I, I think he's got a huge future ahead of him. I go start ball on the bench. There we are. So no charts at all? Not now, not right okay, now. Okay, interesting. Um, and then Corey Hill with the last of the spots. And he's been you know, he's been really good. You know, when he first made it into the yeah. into the Welsh side, um, you know, I, I do think he's I do think he's improved from that as well. Obviously Skipper in the Skipper in the Dragons now. I think he's obviously he's a bit more of a a mobile um a mobile option in there, so you know less just about grunt and adds a bit more um, athleticism and dynamism in there. So uh, you know I'm a big fan of Corey Hill, so he's he's got there. Back row, this is tough. Um, so I've opted for three. Uh, what have I got here? So five flankers and two options at number eight. Um, I'm working on the basis that Moriarty is going to be fit. So yeah. I'm, I'm going for Moriarty and Faletau as my two options at eight. Yeah. Um, I know you said obviously King had a good game at the weekend and I'm fairly certain King will make it in the squad. I haven't picked him. Um, so yeah, I've not, I've not with him. But I think those two are definitely in. I think Thomas Young definitely gets in. Yep. I think Justin Tipperick is, is you know, is nailed on in the squad and, and for me he's nailed on starting seven. Uh, 
Aaron Taylor has to go in the squad. Yeah, um, totally he's, you know, he's in the form of his life, which leaves two positions in the back row, two spaces, and I've got four players in here, and there's probably a few others who might feature as well. So one is Ollie Griffiths. Now this is going to come down to injury, um, whether he's if he's fit. It's not he looking good him. though, is it? So yeah. So the other option for me there is Will Boyd. Yep. Um, can play anywhere, can't he? In the back he can row, play anywhere in the back row. Never um, has a bad game. Never has a bad game. I'm really impressed with him. You know, he's become a real go-to figure for them in the absence of Covey or or John John Barkley, who's been out there as well. He's you know he's filled in and done a job. Um, so I've opted for you know Boyd would be my cover there, and then that right. So let's just go with Boyd based on the um, the proviso that Griffiths is out injured, and then I've gone for. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go for Dan Lydia, I think. Um, you know, we've said before that he's probably been one of those players who's been tarnished a bit with the Warren Ball kind of tag. You know, a bit one-dimensional, he just tackles. I think he's he has been trying to alter that. And he's got through a lot more ball carrying for um, for the Ospreys in in recent times, you know, against, against Claremont in particular. Um, Again, I think you're going to need that level of experience in there, particularly with Warburton out, with um, with Ellis Jenkins out as well. I think you're going to need someone in there with a bit of experience. Um, you know, obviously, Tipperick and, and Faletau have got a lot. Moriarty's got a fair amount. Um, but, you know, Lydia, he's what? He's a, he's a British Lion. He's a, he's a Grand Slam winner. He's... Yeah, so for me it was a toss up between going for the experience of Lydia or going for a left field selection of James Benjamin, um, who again covers um, a number of positions in the back row, is another option at eight. You know, he's a bit more of a link player, um, not the most heavyweight of players, yep. but adds you a bit of speed. But I have just gone, because you're missing Warburton and because you're missing players of that ilk, I've gone for, for Lydia just for some size and experience in there. What about um, what about McLeod? Really like McLeod. Um, do really like McLeod, and he's you know he's definitely in my thoughts when he came to it. But I, I think for me it was here more Boyd, and Boyd got the and Boyd got the nod. Someone else who has me mentioned is the uh, the RGC product, uh, the Ospreys. Ollie Cracknell. Cracknell um, had six. Obviously gone off the boil a little bit at the yeah, moment, but a- twelve months ago, Ollie Cracknell was in that was in that squad for me. Um, I think he probably should you know. He probably should have started in one of those games last season. He was in great form. Uh, like him, like him a lot. I just think again, if we're going on form, um, he doesn't get in there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I like so, him a lot. But and he'll be back. He'll feature in Wales squads. So I, I wouldn't go with it yet. Okay. I'd go with. Um, I'd actually go with uh, McLeod or um, or Cracknell. I actually, you know, when I, I don't think Cracknell's done enough this season. No, not this season. But in terms of him being. You know, in and around the 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 squad, he's obviously going to be, you know, he's unlikely to sort of um, to be pushing sort of first choice. But I think he's a good, you know, he's a good player. He's one for the future, um, and I've I think that's what you know we need to see more of in the autumn. Um, so either him or or McLeod. And I every time I see McLeod play, I've been like, this really guy impressed. is, and he I'm seems really to impressed. slot in. You play him six, seven. He's, he's played eight. He's played eight. Um, and it's a different kind of fishing international. Yeah, but, of course it is. You know, I'm at the point now where I just want to see those boys play. You're the one in full on dream about it this uh, this week, aren't I, you? I, I, I was sleeping until not so long. Oh, yeah, so maybe, that's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's it. 
Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I think we, we are going to need to get some wins out of there. So I, I've just gone for I've just gone for Lydia and because um, I think otherwise you you really do lack ex, you know lack some experience in there. Because even players like you know Shinga's not got that many caps, despite being you know a player who's thirty years old um, or twenty nine or whatever he is. So so yeah, it's was, it was tough call. Um, have you been impressed with how little I mentioned in this? Uh, who's this? Shingler as well. Yeah, you've done well. You've done well. We've had, but again, there's no shortage of people who want to, uh, who want to bang the drum for uh, for Shingler because he is, you know, he, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, I mean, for me, he'd be st- he's, that he starts against we Australia. Need, we need to get Dav back on. Who? Uh, yeah, he just do wasn't sold, was he? Wasn't having it. No, wasn't sold. Yeah, needs to have a couple of needs to have a couple of big games in the Welsh shirt. Then I think yeah, uh, he does. He does. He might see. Uh, he's earned that right, you know. And if he doesn't then you might put him in that bracket going, right, he's a fantastic, phenomenal club player, but maybe international rugby isn't cut out for it. But I'd love to see him, you know, for me, I want to see him in that six shirt for the bulk of the uh, Yeah, I the think he will, I think he will, he will, he will come good in the Welsh if you're just given a couple of I games, because so. he wasn't exactly poor when he, uh, no, when he had those chances, in my opinion. I don't, opinion, but... let, I don't think he's ever let them down. And a lot of the time it was covering at seven, yeah. you know. And just that line-out option. Anyway, yeah. but don't yes, get me started. That's it. Um, right then, on to the backs. Starting with scrum half, do you pick Reese Webb? Yes, absolutely. Will he want to play for Wales given what's gone on? Absolutely. Love that. Good. I hope so. Um, yeah, I've gone for Webb. I'd keep him close. Try and bury the yeah. bury the hatchet. Get to the bottom of this. See, you know, but you, you can't throw away a player of Webb's talent. You know, when the prior to the law coming in. Um, so yeah, you're going to need him in there. And um, so yeah, I've gone for him. Gareth Davis, I think. Picks himself as the, you know, as the, yep. as the other option at nine. And then, third choice for me, Thomas Williams. Big fan. Uh, I think he is. He's a player of similar ilk to Webb to me. I think he's a real kind of. He's got raw pace. Um, I think he's got a, a try scoring instinct. Um, seems to really add some tempo whenever he uh, whenever he features. I'm a I'm a massive fan, and uh, yeah, he would be he'd be my third choice scrummer. Anyone else on the radar? Sort of. Actually, I found that for again for me, I think he's I think he is on form. Um, he's in there. I've I think Lloyd has struggled at times this season. Um, you know, again when Lloyd's playing well, he's a really you know he's a really great option to have in there. I felt like at times he kicked the ball away a lot, and it hasn't always you know the kicking out hasn't always been particularly well executed um, so I don't know I just think for, for Lloyd get him playing for the Blues and and carry on and try and you know try and rediscover his best form I think Thomas Williams is a player that has some real X factor I would want to get him in the squad um, and see what he's capable of doing yeah I'm, I'm happy with those choices I think with Thomas if he's going to he'd be on the bench wouldn't he more than likely so when he does come on he's going to make a difference well I hope so and that's what you need so because again, you know, a lot of the time you see a third choice scrum half go in there and he's just carrying tackle bags. You know, you've seen Alan Davis do it on a number of occasions. He would probably have been the other choice who was was closer for me. But I just I want to get one have a look at um, at Thomas Williams. I think you know, again, now's the time to be to be yeah. doing it and exploring. And let's make options. sure he plays. Mm. Let's make sure he gets some time. Agreed. Right, outside half, three options here. This is gonna. Bigger, nailed on at the moment, you know, I think. Um, 
I've gone for Pacho as well. We've discussed, you know, yep. some of his flaws, but we all know what he's capable of. Um, so he gets in. He gets in there for me as well. Third choice. Christ, this is hard. Um, so for me, it's between. Two, I was. I was almost tempted to throw Jared Evans in there and go, yeah, let's get in and have a look and see what he's capable of. But I think it's it's too soon for him. Too soon. Yeah. Um, I think he's shown some brilliant moments and some not so brilliant moments. But he's in good form. Again, keep him playing rugby at, at regional level. That would be my that would be my thought on Jared Evans. So for me, it's between Seb Davis and Rich Priestland. Um, Seb Davis. Sorry, what am I talking about? Sam Davis. Um, I was going to say there, Mister. There's a player on the horizon. I don't know about you. Oh, well, Seb Davis. Seb Davis, as we know, he, he used to be a ten. Did he's still got those ball skills. <laughs> Could have been like um, an amazing left field. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm going to Seb Davis. I'm going to start him at ten. Uh, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan of Sam Davis, but I don't think he's in great form. Part of me thinks, right, you know, you'll get an extended run at 10 and rediscover it. Actually, I've just answered my own question. I'm going Priestland here. You're going Priestland? Yeah, yeah, why not? You know, if he's, he's, had a, he's had a hard time. He's left Wales, developed his game massively. And if we're looking at players in form, let's, let's bring him in. You know, he does offer something different. What really annoyed me with Priestland was, you know, when he was so low on confidence, they just kept picking him. And I don't think it was doing him any good trying to rediscover his form. Same with Cuthbert. No good trying to rediscover your best form if you're a confidence player on the highest possible stage. He is in form now. Reward him and, and go back. I don't know how long his contract at Bath uh, runs for. I dare say they'll be busting a gut to try and keep him even when it's out. But you know, you Definitely wonder again by bringing, yeah. him, bringing him back into the, into the setup. up um, I, I don't know how many caps Priestland's got. I'm wondering. I, he certainly wouldn't have a 60, would he? Would he? I don't think he'd have six. No, he only got sixty, is he? But he's, he's had a yeah. Have a little, have a little who, look who at that. Who would you be going for then? Who would your option? Be I thought you there? were going to mention Henson. Uh, I don't see any point in picking Gary Henson. No, I don't. But I was, yeah. The Dragons. Um, yeah, bigger definitely for me. Um, Patchell, you know, Patchell's. I would I would have him in there. I think he's he's done he's done enough. We've talked about the bits that we're concerned about, but. Let's focus on the positives, um, and yeah, Priestland on on form. Mm. He's 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 the ten, isn't he? So I think that's that's three really good, really good tens there. Um, Sam Davis, we've liked, but he's not playing at ten at the moment, is he? And um, he hasn't played enough rugby, so um, unfortunately for him, he misses out at the moment. Okay, um, yeah, agree with that. Four centres and. I'm going for Scott Williams. Yep. John Davis is, you know, just yep. a bit immense. Um, I'd go for Tyler Morgan. Yep. I think he's, you know, he's, we said in our kind of like season preview that he was going to have to step up and, you know, not be looked at as kind of like a junior player in the Dragons anymore as just a prospect. And I think he's done that. He's shown some really nice form. You know, he's got pace to burn and that offers something, that offers something a bit different. And then I'm going for Owen Watkin and I'm not, Picking Jamie Roberts. I'll never let him walk in. Yeah, he's going to be some player. I think if he can just stay injury free. Um, anyone else that you were? Hang on, are you looking the the big talking point and dropping Jamie Roberts in? Well, no, I don't think it's that big. Do you not? No, no, I don't. Um, autumn, autumn internationals are. Yeah, we've got we've got we've got experience there, haven't we? 
two experienced players, and then Tyler. Tyler's not exactly inexperienced either, is he's played, played in World Cup played in World final, Cup. Yeah, yeah World, World, World Cup quarter. Um, so you know he's got a he's got a good level of experience in terms of being around the camp, and then we've got Owen Watkins coming in, who I just think will will slot in at in, at, at at that level. I think he's that good. Yeah, I I want to get him close into the yeah. He's a different he's a different option there. Yeah, for me. I think you know we're. We're in need of midfield options. Um, he's, I'm not saying you write off Jamie Roberts either. No. I just think we know what we're going to get from him. And if we're trying to evolve, you know, God, here we go again. But if we're trying yeah. to evolve the way we play, um, we're going to need to look at, at different options in particular yeah. in midfield. So yeah, we know what he's going to do. He can be called upon if needed. So yeah, exactly. Let's get in. Let's get in some of the other the other players. Owen Watkins as well. He's not just a he's not just a basher, is he? He's got lovely feet. Mm. Good distributor as well. Um, I did have a, I did have a think about Jack Dixon as well. I think he's I think he's gone well, but um, God, as much as anything, I wouldn't want to demolish the Dragons the Dragon squad. But no, I'm going to go for Watkins in there, and and again, I think Dixon just needs to get more rugby under his belt, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's been thwarted with injuries. So I I I'm a fan of Dixon. I think he's a great player. I just wonder whether he's going to end up being a very very strong club player, but mm. hopefully hopefully not. Oh well, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, back row, uh, sorry, back row, back three options. Gone for f- five players. Yeah. Um, so Liam Williams. Yep, hundred percent. You know, and hundred percent starting for me. I'd start him at fullback, but you know, we'll see kind of how that goes. Um, Lee Halfpenny. Yes. Steph Evans. Absolutely. So I think they they are my starting three. So obviously there's no George North to to call upon. And you um, and you go with um, Liam at fullback. I go with Liam at fullback again. I just want to see him cutting lines. I know he's playing on the wing for Saris and Halfpenny's playing at fifteen for um, for Scarlets. But you know what you get with with Halfpenny. You get great you know great off the ball as you like to put it. Uh, you get his brilliant defensive positioning. But I just want to see option. You know Liam Williams. You know he's played. Fifteen in a Lions Test series against New Zealand. Didn't do too badly. No, he didn't did he? do too badly. You know, <laughs> that moment, that moment of genius. Yeah. That's, you know, I just think he's. I want him involved in the game more. And um, for me, I've always seen him as a fullback who can play on the wing rather than the other way around. So if he's playing, if he's playing fifteen, it's going to make sides think about. Kick, it's going to yeah, make I think sides think twice. Isn't whereas it? if half pain is there, you know it's going to be coming yeah. back. Yeah. And and then yeah, so that leaves two spots. And I'm, for me, it's between three players, and it's Hallam Amos. Do the Dragons boys here coming yeah, up, I think. Hallam Amos, Ashton Hewitt, and Reen Williams are the three. Oh, yeah. I think Hallam Amos gets one. Yes. And then again, I would go. Uh, I would go Ashton Hewitt. We're missing out. Yeah, it's a real difficult call for me. That. What about you? Oh, it's so tough. That that is a flip of a coin, isn't it? Really. Mm. I haven't gone for Keelan Giles. Yeah, I. Gosh, this, this is tight, isn't it? Um, I love Amos. Yeah, he's got so much about his game, isn't he? So I'd have him in. Um, Ruin, I think's been playing really well. He, he if you're going to be critical, he's slightly dropped off a little bit mm. as, the, as as in the last couple of games. But um, yeah, I'll, well, for the sake of this, let's go with. Uh, you going Ashton or you going Ruin? I'm going to go Ruin actually, just right. to go okay. different. Team. All right, yeah, 
Fine, fair enough. Um, and yeah, we haven't got too long to wait until that until that squad comes out. Just shows there's a good bit of depth, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Well, it does. I, I think back. I think back three is an area we've been we've been hit. So now's the time to have a look at a few options and see um, and see. But there are some interesting um, some interesting options in there. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, obviously have the reaction to uh, Gatlin squad when he names that um, when he names that on Tuesday. So. We'll be back next week and we'll uh, des have a, a load to chat about with that squad plus also all the uh, um, all the action from the from the derbies over the weekend as well. Uh, feel free to get in touch with us in the meantime. You can do that at Attacking Scrum on Twitter or uh, do it on Facebook as well. Um, and as we always say, if you leave us a review, we'll be sure to give you a shout out. So make sure you enjoy those derbies and we'll be back to chat to you next week. Podcast Network.